The title is ironic. I'm using that word ironically. I don't even know if I used it correctly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the CRF podcast. I am the host, Asia. Let's speedy speed right on through this. I've got a lot to do in such a short amount of time. <laughs> it's getting kind of late. So I recently watched a YouTube video where this girl ranked all of the Barbie movies in order. Shout out to that girl. I think her channel is uh, Kate Loves Disney. Anyway, it got me thinking. There are so many movies I remember from my childhood that are just iconic in my opinion. And most of the ones that I'm naming I've rewatched in the last year or two because I like to live in nostalgia. And I thought I'd talk about some of the movies I remember watching that I think deserve awards. Now, I didn't actually look this up, but I don't think any of these won an Oscar or whatever. Well, actually, some of them might have. Well, they've not... Is the Oscar... Like, are the Oscars for movies? I'm, I'm not even sure. That's really bad. I want to be a filmmaker and I don't even know, <laughs> like, what awards go to what. Anyway. So I'm going to nominate these for the following awards in the CRF award show, which is something that I've just come up with just now. <laughs> so here they are. It's the Foolishness Award for Best Soundtrack. Soundtrack? That's not a word. The Foolishness Award for Best Soundtrack. The Foolishness Award for Best Actor slash Character. The Foolishness Award for Best Actress slash Character. The Foolish Foolishness Award for Best Laugh best laughs and the foolishness award for just being absolutely iconic also we have some honorary mentions but we'll do those at the oop ah i keep doing that i keep dropping my pop filter on the microphone it's broken so i'm having to hold it up until i fix it which i really should just go ahead and fix it but it's it's kind of getting on my nerves i'm so sorry okay so here are the nominees for best soundtrack, I have, oh, well, let me say this first. I have picked two movies for each category, um, except for one category, I do have three. But anyway, for best soundtrack, uh, the first one is Clifford's Really Big Movie. I think that's the name. I didn't look it up, so forgive me if that's not it. Now, I know I watched this movie several times growing up, but I've also watched it a few times as an adult, and it's because it's just a really wholesome movie for when you just need a little pick-me-up. In this movie, Clifford thinks he's a burden on his person, Emily Elizabeth, if you don't know who Clifford is. I don't know how, but let me explain. He's this really big red dog, like he's bigger than a house, so he's huge. Um, and so he runs away to join a contest for a lifetime supply of food. If he wins, he gets all the tummy yummies, and he figures that'll help out Emily Elizabeth and her parents. The story is just really well written and it's got memorable characters, but what really stands out to me about this movie in particular are the songs. It's got three that I'm thinking of that I like. One in the beginning is, is like just super happy. Typical kids movie song. It, I, I don't know the name of it, but it's like you and me. So I'm, I'm going to assume that the name is you and me. We'll go with that. <laughs> uh... The third one that I'm thinking of is just, it's just more sweet. It's about someone who faces their fears and overcomes them. And I like that one too. It's It's got like a cow. She's crossing a tightrope. <laughs> I know that's kind of odd, but it's really good. But the, the one that I'm nominating this for is called Until I'm Gone. Again, 
I didn't actually look up the name of the, the names of these songs, so I could be totally wrong. But I do have this song on my phone, and I really think it's called Until I'm Gone. I really want to play like a clip of it, but I don't want to use someone's copyrighted music, so. Yeah, I, I remember watching this for the first time as a kid, and I teared up from this song. I was an emotional kid, so don't laugh. <laughs> it's it's got a really good message and i'm not just talking about for kids of course as a kid i probably only cried because clifford freaking ran away and the song was really sad so combine the two you got crying kid <laughs> but now when i'm listening to it you know if i were to start crying it would be because i understand it you know once you live life and start going going through stuff this song can really hit home for you it's it's so beautiful and so that's why I nominated this for best soundtrack. Ha! <laughs> for this second one, uh, The Country Bears. If you've never seen that movie, if you've never seen this movie, I highly recommend you go watch it because it's ridiculous. It's really, really ridiculous. It <laughs> makes no sense. The universe that they tried to build just makes no sense. So bears and humans coexist, right? But there are only like eight bears at most. I didn't, I didn't count them, but it's probably like only eight bears. And they all have to do with the country bears, which is the name of this band. So it's either a bear that sings in the band or like works for the country bear hall, which is the official place for the country bears. And the only other bear in the entire movie is this kid called Barry. Okay, so... The only one questioning the fact that there are just like bears and humans, you know, living together. But like I said, it's not like this was a widespread thing, like there were bears everywhere. There are only a few bears and they all have to do with this band. I don't get it. Uh, the only one questioning this is this boy who's like, I don't know, 12? His name's Dex and he's confused because his parents adopted this bear named Barry who thinks he's the biological son and brother of these humans okay now you know I've heard of adopted kids not knowing that their adoptive parents aren't actually their birth parents because they would just really have no reason to think that especially if the kid was the same ethnicity as the parent or had like similar features or whatever or maybe just because the parents never told the child until they were older. So that makes sense. But this is a bear. This is an actual physical <laughs> bear. It's a little strange. And Dex just doesn't get why his parents are condoning, <laughs> condoning this. Just like tell Barry that he's adopted because Barry keeps saying things like, you know, mom and dad, I'm different. We have different colored eyes. You know, our personalities are a little different. And Dex is sitting there like, dude, you're a bear. You, of course you're different. <laughs> it's it's all very confusing. So, uh, with a movie being this confusing and like a plot this dumb, <laughs> you would think that this movie cannot redeem itself. But it does redeem itself because there are some very entertaining characters and one of them is this man that I, oh, he is obsessed 
with tearing down Country Bear Hall. Like, this is his life goal, his entire purpose for existing. I feel like once he does this, he can just, like, fade from existence. There's no other reason for him to be here because his purpose has been served. The, um, the guy is just, is super funny. There's one scene where he's, he's dancing in his office. <laughs> and he's, he's got, like, he's built several replicas of Country Bear Hall, like, made out of, like, popsicle sticks or something. And, and he has this button, and every time he pushes it, it, like, a giant smashing thing will come down, and it'll destroy. It's like a hydraulic press. It'll... <laughs> He'll come and smash the replica he's built of Country Bear Hall. So he'll hit the button. He's like, oh no. <laughs> then he'll put another one up there and smash it and be like, oh no. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like why? Why does this make him so happy? Oh, and there's this, uh, there's this bear. I think his name's Tennessee. <laughs> I crack up at this every single time. He he was in love with this bear, and I think they broke up uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, but now he's a marriage counselor, and as couples are coming in talking about their marriage problems, he's thinking about his own girl, and he's like, ah, Trixie, <laughs> oh, Trixie, <laughs> and the couples actually leave better. One couple was like, yeah, he makes our problems seem insignificant, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny to me. But the real reason that I nominated this under the best soundtrack was because the music is just good. This movie produced some bangers, okay? Maybe y'all haven't seen my girl Crystal Peterson's music video, but she gave me goosebumps. Her song, I think it's called The Kid in You, it's just like the epitome of early 2000s bops. Like, just, just like good stuff, okay? towards the end of the music video she changed into this white pantsuit and when you combine that with that haircut of hers it's like a pixie cut like really short and specky cute like she was just looking good I was like girl <laughs> you know like all right okay I see you and there's this um this other song like everyone spontaneously burst out in the song in this restaurant from this girl I think her real name is Jennifer Page I follow her on Instagram I believe and she sang this song called kick it in a gear I'm telling you right now love that song love her this whole movie is just full of full of great music they're all super catchy um, and watching this movie as a child probably cemented the idea into my head that country music is enjoyable I know a lot of people really don't like country music and it, and it goes beyond just the simple I don't like country music there's some people out here that despise it like <laughs> I don't understand like there's so many other genres that you that people dislike but when it comes to country they just go overboard with it I happen to think that country is is good maybe not all country music but some of it is is like good I don't see what the big issue is anyway those are the two for best soundtrack. Let's move on to best actor slash character. So the first one I made was The Emperor's New Groove. Let me start by saying that I think this is one of the best movies of all time. The cast is stellar. The writing is spectacular. Okay. All right. <laughs> 
and the small details that go into making this movie funny are just outstanding. It's so much that I could talk about and there are tons of moments that make this movie great. Like, for instance, the relationship dynamic between Kronk and Yzma, who, like I said before, were perfectly casted. Perfectly. But I'm nominating this for Best Actor slash Character because of Cusco. In my opinion, Cusco is possibly one of the greatest characters ever written. His narcissism and his selfishness can like easily make for an obnoxious, unbearable to watch character, but you have to like Cusco. You just have to. That's how you know they wrote his character and his story so well, is when you can take someone who would normally just be, ugh, <laughs> to, to like watch, you like you have you just sit there and you're in love you're like wow this is just this is amazing okay so the second one I put under best actor slash character is Storks I'm gonna be honest I didn't think I'd enjoy this movie as much as I did but my medium brother came home after um, having taken our smaller brother to go see it at the theater and he was just raving just raving so when the movie came out on DVD we ended up buying it and I watched it and I laughed so freaking hard basically this stork gets a promotion at his job of delivering babies something like that but something is threatening to take that spot from him and so he's got to deal with it so he teams up with this woman to go do what they do uh andy samberg i believe is the voice of the main character who actually is one of my favorite actors so go andy <laughs> but the real star of the show the real reason that this nomination is even here goes to a little pigeon voiced by this guy that was on Big Time Rush. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now. Oh my god! <laughs> this character is phenomenal. I don't know whose idea it was to put this guy in this movie, but thank you to that person. Because it is, oh man. <laughs> ah, there is one scene in particular where <laughs> I was sitting in the living room watching it with my family. Like I said, my brother, my brothers had already seen the movie because they went to go see it in the theater. And um, so it was just like, actually, I think my dad had seen it too. But it was just me watching it for the first time. And this one scene happened where I fell right out of my chair <laughs> and I was laughing so hard that I was crying and there was no sound coming out of my mouth but like looking at my brother he'd already seen the movie so I didn't think that he'd be laughing too but both of us are <laughs> just are just dying we're just dying laughing because it was that funny to me it was so unexpected it caught me off guard and um I, I believe I've said this before in previous episodes of this podcast my brother Eric and I are giant goofballs and we will take the most ridiculous thing and have a field day with it our sense of humor is interesting because it's not like I don't know how to explain it there are just some people that find things funnier than than most people would it's not like you know our sense of humor we laugh at stupid things like, I don't really do potty humor and, like, slapstick, that kind of stuff. But, I don't know, we just catch things that aren't... 
I'll, I'll put it like this. If you watch The Office, you understand the type of humor that I have. It's very subtle and it's not really in your face. It's more like, mm, I don't know how to put it, but it's not stuff that was really intentionally there to be funny. It's stuff that you have to catch. And that's like the kind of, <laughs> the sense of humor that we really have. And so that's why this was so funny to me. Like the way that they wrote it, it wasn't supposed to be nearly as funny <laughs> as we made it out to be. But yeah. So imagine like if we laugh at things like that, when something is actually funny to regular normal laughing people, we get three times more tickled <laughs> than normal. Okay. So let's do best actress. The first one I picked was Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Let me say. Robert Rodriguez probably has some of the worst CGI I have ever seen. Um, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you've seen Spy Kids, okay? This movie looks exactly like Spy Kids, but with baby Taylor Lautner. So that's basically the difference. And it's not exactly the best movie ever. I won't even go as far as to say it's good. <laughs> but what makes this movie gold, like pure, pure gold... It's because of this one girl. <laughs> no, my bad. There's two reasons. One is because George Lopez was in it and his character is strange. <laughs> but <sighs> Sasha, Sasha, I don't know how to say her last name. P-I-E-T-E-R-S-E, something like that. I don't know. I really can't say her last name and I should have looked it up before now, but I didn't. She was in the movie and you may know her from Pretty Little Liars or the spinoff show The Perfectionist, which is that like still going? I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with it. So she played the ice princess and slash George Lopez's daughter in this movie. And I thought she was the coolest person ever. No pun intended. Okay. She was so beautiful and she had a pretty ice necklace and an ice palace and I wanted to be her. I come to find out lots of girls who watched this movie said the same thing. I didn't even realize that till I came across this uh, post where like people were sharing it. Everybody was like, yeah, I, I totally wanted to be the ice princess. I don't know. It was, she was just really cool. And I went, <laughs> I went through this phase where I called myself the snowflake princess. And to be honest, I, I don't even know if I can call it a phase because the, the ice princess has really affected who I am as a person today, even today. Winter is my favorite season. When I first watched Frozen, I thought Elsa was the baddest, coolest chick ever. Uh, for prom, <laughs> for prom, I even wore a dress that resembled Elsa's on purpose. I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that looks like Elsa. Uh, I even wanted to do my hair in like that swoopy swoop braid that she had, but it was not cooperating. So I went, <laughs> I went with a different hairstyle. But yeah. That is like what I had intended. I even had a Pinterest board and I called it Elsa Prom. It's private, so no one could see it but me. <laughs> but yeah, I called it Elsa Prom. And you know, one more thing, my body probably even became anemic so that I would want to crave ice. That is how bad I wanted to be that ice princess. Okay, maybe that's too far, but seriously. <laughs> ice, love it. Absolutely love it. Um, the second one I nominated for this category is Tangled. I think Tangled is so underrated. 
y'all really slept on that movie but gave Elsa all the attention now I know a minute ago I just said that I loved Frozen because I really liked Frozen <laughs> but was it the best movie no I guess what I really liked more about it was Elsa's transformation I thought it was just like really well done that that whole let it go scene where she took her hair down and sashayed across the room and I was like girl you better work okay but Tangled hit me different so let me preface that this by saying I am not one for romantic movies or princess movies but I thought Tangled was really really sweet okay and like I said I've never been the type to watch princess movies or movies featuring couples okay just it, I don't know that just wasn't me. When I was nine, I remember my best friend asking me something about Aurora. And I was like, who? <laughs> I didn't watch Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, or Little Mermaid, any of those. The only like princessy movies I watched by Disney, like I watched Mulan because it wasn't really like a princess movie. She was fighting. Okay. Mulan is great. I watched Pocahontas, but that wasn't even intentional. Only watched Pocahontas because in the ninth grade, I was dating this dude who was like, you've never seen Pocahontas? And I was like, no. <laughs> so we watched it. Um, and then we watched Pocahontas too, which was the worst thing I've ever seen. But yeah, that's another story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, like I was saying, I've never been into princess movies and it wasn't intentional. It's not like I avoided those movies on purpose. I just didn't watch them until I was like good into my teens. Um, and like I said, that was really only because I had friends that were upset with me for never having never having seen them. The only princess I can recall ever caring about was Cinderella, because Cindy is my girl. We go way back. And I actually do like Cinderella. <laughs> but I'm saying all of that to say that I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed Tangled. Rapunzel was genuinely the sweetest girl. She wasn't running away from her parents and selling her soul to a witch to go meet a boy that she barely knew at 14 years old. I'm talking to you, Ariel. <laughs> and she wasn't dumb enough to eat an apple from a strange, ugly woman in the woods. <clears throat> Snow White. <laughs> and she wasn't a furry. Okay, not like no shade to the, to the furry community, but... <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't understand Belle. I just, I didn't. Didn't get it. She was, but yeah, Tangled, Rapunzel, she was just making the best of her situation. She loved her mother, even though her mother turned out to be a kidnapper. She, you know, she sang that whole song about what she filled her days with. And it was the same thing every day, but she was happy. She painted, she baked, she made candles, played, what, chess, something like that. And she looked at the lanterns every year. That's what she looked forward to was going out the window on her birthday to go look at those lanterns. And she wanted to explore, but she couldn't. And she was still happy, you know? I, oh God, she spread happiness to everyone she met. Those people that she met at the Ugly Duckling, to Flynn Ryder, who, what was his name? Like Eugene or something? Fitzgerald? I think that was his name. Yeah, she just like genuinely spread love and happiness and laughter to everyone that she met. And I really admire that about her. 
she was the kind of person that I wanted to be. So that's why I'm nominating her for best actress slash character. One more thing about Tangled. That scene where she finally got to see the lantern. She's like sitting in the boat with Eugene slash Flynn. Finn? Is it Flynn? I think it's Flynn. And they're sitting in the boat and she's falling in love with Flynn and the lanterns are everywhere. It's just, oh my god. It's just so perfect. I love it. So sweet. So sweet of a movie. It's like, she deserved it. She really deserved everything that she got because she was, there was nothing wrong with Rapunzel. She was just amazing. Okay, next category. Best laughs. Best laughs. <laughs> you should have known I was going to put this one in here. The cat in the hat. Oh boy. <laughs> we all know the story of the cat in the hat. Bless you, dad. He just sneezed from the other room. We all know the story of the cat in the hat. Like it, even if you've never seen this movie in particular. Ooh, excuse me. Have a hiccup. Even if you've never seen this movie in particular, most people know the story of the cat in the hat because it's just a classic Dr. Seuss book. Probably the, what did you call it? What would you call it? The, uh, like the spearhead, the, the face of Dr. Seuss. I'll say that. He's like the face of Dr. Seuss. But the movie goes a little bit different. And by a little bit, I do mean a lot of bit different than the book. Okay. Again. I know I've said this about the other movies, but if you haven't seen this, I highly recommend it. Go watch this movie. It is amazing. I'm looking at it right now. I have my DVD stand beside me and I have a cat in the hat. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, there's a lot of things about this that I like. It, you know, it kept some of the classics. It's got thing one and thing two. It's got Sally, I think. Was Sally the name of the girl in the book? I don't know, but I think it was the same girl. Uh, you've got the box of fun, you know, them destroying the house and having to clean it up. All of those things are there, but they include so much more to this story. There's Mr. Hummerfloob, who's a germaphobe, and like, he's just horrible. <laughs> There's Lawrence, who in my opinion is the best character in the movie. He has two goals in life. One, to marry Joan. And two, to send Joan's son, Conrad, off to military school. At one point in the movie, which, let me tell you, when I was watching this movie again uh, for the first time after having watched it as a kid, I was sitting in the living room with my parents and my brother, and we were watching it, and I was laughing at, like, all the jokes that totally I missed as a kid. But one point that my brother, like pointed out to me that I hadn't seen was that Lawrence was sitting in his car driving and singing I'm sending Conrad away <laughs> and every time I see that now it cracks me up like why is he why did why does it make him so happy to get rid of Conrad like what <laughs> this man is thinking about it he's not even near Conrad at the moment and he's just <laughs> just I mean I don't know Lawrence is one of the best characters in there he oh oh my goodness so funny the movie makes a few borderline jokes that'll probably go right over a kid's head but you'll certainly catch it as an adult 
and that's what makes this movie extra special is because they really should not have gotten away with the things that they got away with but they did and it's great the the whole movie is just a hoot and a, and a mess but that's what gives it that's what gives it its charm the second one that i put for this category is meet the robinsons it's touching and it's heartwarming that it is indeed but it also gives me a ton of hope for the future like Lewis had no idea what his life had in store for him. He was an orphan. He was abandoned. He was he an orphan, or was he? No. Yeah, I don't know. No, he wasn't an orphan because his mom was still alive. I think. Well, no, he didn't know what happened to his mom. He just. I'm confused. <laughs> are you only an orphan because your parents are gone, or can you be considered an orphan if you don't know where your parents are and you're in an orphanage I don't know okay anyway Lewis was really smart and he was a good person he had a good personality but he couldn't get adopted or so he thought he was getting pretty old in the system and he knew that no one was really gonna want to adopt an older child but you know he was trying to just prove that he was a good kid and just be the best that he could be but he had no idea that his life was going to turn out like it did. All he had to do was just keep moving forward. Even though things were not great, he just had to keep moving forward. And he ended up seeing that his life turned out amazing. So honestly, I could just stop right there because that's a great story. But that's not why I nominated this movie for Best Laughs. My God, I adore this scene <laughs> where... Goob, the villain who was Lewis's roommate in the orphanage, but see, Goob never got adopted because Goob was very angry. Goob did not move forward like Lewis did. Lewis just kept on moving forward when things were bad, but Goob sat there and he stewed in his misery. And that's why really no one ever adopted him because he was terrible. <laughs> He's very terrible. Uh, so he grew up to be the villain and now he is trying to kill Lewis. So he sets a T Rex loose on Lewis and so the dinosaur is chasing Lewis but Lewis backs into a corner and the t-rex can't get to him because well in his words I have a big head and little arms <laughs> I'm just not sure how well this plan was thought through it's adorable and it's funny all at the same time I watched that scene over and over and over I kept going back just because it was really cute how this freaking big-headed scary dinosaur like stops what he's doing <laughs> to explain to Goob why his plan was stupid I love it it's so funny okay and now for the last category which I have three movies in is the absolutely iconic category the first one is Barney's Great Adventure which I'm nominating this for having the most ridiculous but outstanding plot. So let me try to explain it. If you've never seen Barney's Great Adventure, oh, by the way, again, I don't know if this is the actual title of the movie because I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up. But I used to have this on VHS and I remember this specifically because it had a Cats the Musical like commercial that came on before it. And I loved it. Everyone thought that it was like so weird and creepy, but I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let me try to explain the plot. So there are these three kids who go visit their grandparents on a farm. Well, no. Two of them are white. 
so it's their grandparents but the girl brings along her little black best friend so it's not her grand anyway <laughs> she brings her friend to the grandparents house and they live on a farm so the two girls believe in barney and they're playing with a little barney doll but the boy thinks barney sucks so then all of a sudden barney is real and he's taking a shower and then they start to play and he chases them around the barn and then there's this giant egg that falls from the sky and it lands in the barn so they take it to the bird lady because they think the bird lady can say what kind of egg it is she doesn't know and she accidentally loses the egg by, by accident <laughs> and the egg travels around like all around so it's like in a parade and then it's in a restaurant and it's in a circus and so then they the kids and barney go up to this log and they're like we're gonna turn this into a plane if we just believe so they turn it into a plane and they go get the egg from the hot air balloon guy and then the egg is turning into a rainbow and they're like oh we gotta hatch it so they go take it to the barn where they found it to hatch the egg and then a koala pops out and then yeah he's like sparkly <laughs> and then and then this koala's all like et phone home because he he flies away into the sky and that's about it what a story <laughs> it makes no sense but i really like this movie so i put it on here it's iconic it's just an iconic barney movie go go see it take your three-year-old to the last remaining blockbuster on earth and maybe they'll have it there i own a copy of it but i have to find it i have no idea where it is hmm. all right uh uh where are we at okay next one bridge to terabithia i'll start out by saying that this is a movie i think everyone needs to see unless you've read the book then you can skip the movie because it's the same basically uh it's not funny not in the least bit but it is something that'll mess you up for like two days after you see it so i recommend you see it when you don't have like important things to do because you will not be able to think straight <laughs> It's a heart wrencher and you're going to think about life a little bit differently after you see it. And so that's why I recommend it. I think that's why it's worth it. I won't say too much more just in case someone hasn't seen the movie or hasn't read the book, which is even better. But it's pretty old, so I doubt that, you know, you haven't at least heard of it. But just in case, I won't say too much. Just go see it. It's good, okay? And the last one that I nominated is spirited away and i'm gonna put this one in the category just because it's a movie that is iconic and since this is the iconic category it must go here iconic i tell you <laughs> it doesn't even make sense much like the barney movie the plot is kind of all over the place but in this one in this case this plot is slightly more convoluted than barney it um I can't explain it, but I will say it involves a giant-headed woman, some pigs, a buffet, a thing with no face, dragons, some little fuzzy black things, and a little Asian girl. Fantastic movie, though. And I've never seen anything like it, and I doubt that anything can even come close to it. So I'm giving this a nomination because this movie is especially special because it makes no sense, and yet it is still one of the best things I've ever seen legendary iconic go watch it and now here are the honorary mentions they're not nominated for a title but they are too good not to include now i thought of so many 
that I wanted to give honorary mentions to but I stuck with the first four that I thought of just because I didn't want this video to be that long. The first one I thought of was Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. It's the best Scooby-Doo movie I've ever seen and I've seen a ton and it's everything I loved as a child. Creepy and mysterious. Next, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Favorite anime movie, favorite animated movie of all time. Again, everything I loved as a child. Dark, twisted, entertaining. I was really that kid, y'all. I was I was really that kid. I looked like your average young girl. I did pageants, painted my nails, was a little little girl, just, you know. <laughs> but I also, you know, like I said, I thought Cats the Musical was high class entertainment. Everyone was like, oh, it's a little strange. And I was like, oh, I really want to see it. It looks cool. I was that kid. Um, and ugh, I wanted to be like Rosamund from Nate the Great, if you know who she is. She had long black hair and she looked kind of dead inside to be to be fair with you <laughs> and she had four black cats that she had named hex there was like little hex big hex super hex and i think just like plain hex yeah if you don't know who i'm talking about then she also reminds me of emily the strange which came out after nate the great did so i'm pretty sure that emily the strange was modeled or somewhat inspired by rosamund um, and she also reminds me of Wednesday Adams from the Adams family. So dark, scary, creepy, twisted, weird, strange, all of that. Okay. I was that kid. We all knew one. And if you didn't know one, you probably were that kid. Uh, let's see here. There's also Brother Bear. Another classic I think is really underrated. Uh, I was really upset when Sitka died. And every time I watch that movie, I yell and scream. I'm like, Sitka, no, no, Sitka, no, do not do it. You're going to die. And then he dies anyway. Like, he just never listens to me. Another one, the last one that I'm going to put in the honorary mentions, just because I, like I said, I have so much to do today. I can't, can't be on this podcast forever, is Hoodwinked. Okay, it's hilariously bad, but still good. That part where the, like, the goat, the ram, whatever he is, he's, like, singing because he's, he's cursed. <laughs> he can't, he can't talk. He can only sing. It's so funny. Okay. So, we're going to stop the honorary mentions there. There are so many I could name. Don't have the time. But now it's time for the awards ceremony. I will pick one winner from each category. So, let's go back up to the top. The categories again, just for uh, a recap best soundtrack, best actor slash character, best actress slash character, best laughs, just being iconic, and honorary mentions, which I don't know why I said that because I just just said that it's not going to get a title. Anyway, okay, here we go. So for best soundtrack, we either have Clifford's really big movie or The Country Bears. Hmm. Ah, this is really hard. But I think I'm going to give it to The Country Bears only because... The Country Bears has more songs in it and so that's more qualified to be a soundtrack than Clifford which I only remember three songs probably had more but those are like the three I remember so we're gonna give the foolishness award for best soundtrack goes to the Country Bears all right <laughs> for best actor we had it was between Emperor's New Groove and Storks hmm another difficult one these are all going to be difficult i want to like i want to give it to pigeon toady from storks because the character was just like 
unlike something I'd ever seen before. But Kuzco was written so well that that entire movie is just legendary, okay? And um, as I said in the description of The Emperor's New Groove, Kuzco should not have been as likable as he was, and yet he was, and all of that goes to the writing, the writing, the writing, the writing, the writing. Whoever wrote this story, these characters, and this plot, and whatever, deserves an award. So, okay, I'm gonna give it to Emperor's New Groove. We'll give it to Kuzco. So, the Foolishness Award for Best Actor slash Character goes to Kuzco from Emperor's New Groove. So, for Best Actress, Hmm. <laughs> the reason I want to give it to the Ice Girl from Shark Boy and Lava Girl is because she affected me so much growing up. And I just, you know, I wanted to be her because I thought she was really cool. But at the same time, Rapunzel from Tangled is still another person I want to be just like, but in a different way. Rapunzel's just like a good role model <laughs> whereas the ice princess is just kind of kind of cool <laughs> all right ah I'm gonna give it to Rapunzel okay I'm gonna give it to Rapunzel because she's a good role model and I think that as an as an adult <laughs> that's what I am now I should probably look more towards her than the ice princess okay so best so the Foolishness Award for Best Actress slash Character goes to Rapunzel. For Best Laughs, we have either The Cat in the Hat or Meet the Robinsons. This one, I'm gonna have to say it's an easy win for The Cat in the Hat, just because the only thing in Meet the Robinsons that like seriously cracked me up was that dinosaur. But in The Cat in the Hat, I laughed from beginning to end. Just, it was, it's really that simple. All right. The Foolishness Award for Best Laughs goes to The Cat in the Hat. Thank you to whoever directed and wrote that movie. Thank you so much. Okay, and for Absolutely Iconic, the last, the last category is actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that one's pretty easy too. Because even though Bridge to Terabithia and Barney's Great Adventure are, in my opinion, some very, very good movies with <laughs> wonderful plots. Spirited Away is just, man, it's honestly the best, what, you know, I'm gonna go as far as to say it's one of the best movies out there. It really is. I can't say the same for Barney and I can't say the same for Bridge to Terabithia even though their stories are really good. Spirited Away just like hit people differently. I didn't even watch anime before Spirited Away, but after I watched that, I was like, anime, we love anime. <laughs> and um, that's that's honestly how, okay, well, Dragon Ball Z was really the first anime I ever watched, but Dragon Ball Z also didn't make me just like fanatical about anime, but like Spirited Away, honestly, Studio, what is it, Ghibli, Ghibli, Ghibli? <laughs> Whoever made that movie, y'all are fantastic for that. This movie made absolutely no sense like zero sense and now when I like think of going to comic-con or like uh shoot animazement any of those cons where you have to dress up I want to be Chihiro from Spirited Away or even No Face because No Face is cool he's really cool <laughs> all 
All right, well, that was it. The Foolishness Award for most legendary slash absolutely iconic movie goes to Spirited Away. And with that being said, this podcast has run for about 40-something minutes now, which is about the time that I feel like it should be ending. So I want to thank anyone who stuck this far and listened And I want to thank anyone who's been listening since the beginning because it has not been easy doing this podcast. I've run into so many problems and it has been a roller coaster of uh, (laughs) a roller coaster of a show. But it is so much fun to do and it is so worth it. I'm really glad that I get to do something that's entirely 100% mine that you know I could I could say whatever I want to and just really have fun with it no matter what people think because it's my show so that's really really special and I just want to thank anyone who's listening for being a part of that Uh, as always if you would be so kind as to help this podcast grow by telling someone that you know to come and watch this and by you can follow us on Instagram or on Facebook no not on Facebook you can't follow someone but can you I don't know but you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter for sure okay I don't really use Twitter a ton but I'm there <laughs> but you can definitely come to Facebook or Instagram and catch us on that we also have a YouTube account that I have not been keeping up with my bad but it's been a whole lot easier to just focus on the audio even though personally I enjoy watching video podcasts more than I do just listening to them so I really need to get back on that but yeah uh so that's it and see us you can catch us next Wednesday for more because my episodes come out on Wednesday (laughs) And that's about all I have to say. So thank you for watching. See you later. Good. Good riddance. Yeah, good riddance. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Completely Random Foolishness or on Twitter at CRF underscore podcast. Intro and outro music made by Eric Burwell, aka The Best Dad Ever. And thanks for listening to this abysmal calamity I call a podcast. <laughs>